welcome to the struggle in victory. You are here, my friends, because you are striving to hear stories of people overcoming challenges in their life, pushing themselves to new heights beyond anything they thought possible, beyond anything their friends or family thought possible. Sit back, enjoy the stories, and see what you can make of your life. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of Struggle and Victory. Today my guest is Johnny Rodriguez. Johnny has a background as a triathlete and recently he's been getting into the ultra events and staying with the family. If you listen to episode 2, Hector Rodriguez, this is his brother Johnny Rodriguez. So this is a family of endurance champions. So Johnny, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. So recently you did 100k from Oceanside down to Mission Trails. What what brought you into the 100k distance and beyond? And you know, we'll touch there first. So coming into it, I had uh, I had raced, I want to say three or four weeks prior, in a 50 mile virtual event. Uh, during that event, I really wanted to touch the 100k distance, but um, I just kind of wanted to take the stepping stones and touch the 50 miler first. Uh, after I got the 50, I you know I kind of felt that I robbed myself of like man it was only 11 extra miles I should have just went and did those 11 extra miles to get the 100k distance um, and so like the after that race even though I completed it it almost like haunted me every day that I didn't get to do the 100k and so every day after that event I thought about it and I'm like you know what I'm I'm not gonna wait too much longer I'm thinking about this too often I'm just gonna go for it um, I talked about it with a few people and and shoot I want to say three weeks later um, I went after it uh, and, I, and I gave it all I had and I was able to complete it. Dang, so obviously you couldn't do the 100K by yourself. You had a lot of people coming in. Talk about the support you had on the course that day. Dude, my sister. My sister came in clutch that day, definitely. Um, keep in mind, I, I kind of went off the fly with this one. The original race was I was just supposed to do it on a treadmill at the house. And I started talking with a few people about it. Daniel, uh, Daniel Smith, um, you've spoken with him. I had messaged him and he was like, where are you doing it at? I'd like to get some miles with you. And I, had, I told him, you know what? I'm getting ready to do this on the treadmill. And he had even mentioned like, you Rodriguez guys and your treadmills. So I was like, you know what, you're right. Uh, and so this was Thursday, my race was Saturday. So Thursday, I called my sister, I asked her, I said, hey, I wanna run 100K in a day and a half. What do you got going on? Um, very quickly, uh, she was like, she responded with, you know what, I'm in, I'll definitely get some miles with you, let's, uh, let's plan it. The original race was supposed to be from Temecula to Mission Trails. So I got in the car, uh, I drove from Temecula to San Diego, and there's like one sketchy ass road between here and there, with like no bike lanes, no breakdown lanes. Yeah, very poorly lit and so I was like this is going to be an issue if I start running this thing at night just for safety so I had to like pun off that idea um, and then I started talking with Enrique uh, Enrique was like hey you know what I did a, a pretty good 35 mile run I want to say his race his run was 35 from uh, Oceanside down to Mission Beach he goes you should try to cut across to Mission Trails so as I started looking at the uh the course, I was like, man, this is this would be awesome. It has some great scenery. You know, what I was planning for aid stations along the way was just stopping along, you know, gas stations or stores or grocery stores, whatever I could for nutrition or for water to fill up because I really wanted to do a, uh, this style of race. 
Um, so I was like, this will kind of lead me open to all that. So I call my sister on Friday, and this is, you know, only a couple hours before the race now, and I tell her, hey, this is, this is what I want to do. She's like, let's do it. Um, so the, the course was set, you know, I got all my stuff ready. Uh, we talked that night, me and my sister, and she's like, hey, we should park a car down in Del Mar somewhere, which would have been about a marathon distance away from Oceanside. Um, so I pick her up in the morning, we drop her car off there, we kind of have like a mini aid station set up, and uh, we drive back up into Oceanside, and I think I took off there at about five o'clock in the morning, and I started making my way down towards um, Mission Beach for, uh, for that. So her idea was, you know, I'll run to my car, which is a, a marathon away. Her goal was to get like a 50K in, and then she'll run seven miles past her car and then turn around, and then I'd kind of be on my own after that. And so that, that kind of went according to plan. You know, we got to the car, we hit the aid station, um, she turned around and started heading back and then I kept pushing forward. It wasn't until that when she turned around that I realized, you know, with COVID and everything going on, my aid stations were going to be stores from here on out that I didn't have my mask. I was like, oh man, this is going to make it difficult getting into these stores. So I'm going to be pulling the, the shirt over the face, trying to get into these gas stations or whatever I can to try and get and refuel my water and whatnot. So, uh, luckily enough, um, like somewhere midway in like La Jolla, I'm just running, you know, I'm not feeling too good already. I'm like been climbing these, these mountains in La Jolla and started getting a little hilly. And out of nowhere, I see Enrique um, just pop up in between the cars, big old smile I was like, dude, I'm here. I said, oh, hell yeah, let's go. I started feeling so much better about it, just having somebody there with me, um, you know, and he, he kind of seen I was getting frustrated. It's, it's harder to run in the street like that because you have you know a street every 50 or 100 feet that you got to stop at a light and stop at a light and there's tons of people out and shopping so i was getting frustrated and i started telling him like man i got to get off these streets and where there's less people so i could run a little bit more so we kind of ventured off the path a little bit uh we got running around the ocean um you know and i started coming back to life a little bit uh we finally get to mission beach and you know that's where he had his car staged at he had ran you know i want to say seven eight miles with me um, and my sister had actually got to her car and then drove back to me and refueled me one more time. Um, I just changed my socks, I changed my shoes. Um, oh no, sorry, I just changed my socks at that station. Um, you know, I kind of said my goodbyes to them. They kind of gave me some good words of encouragement. As Enrique drove away, his, was, his thing was, hey, do me one favor. I said, what's that? He goes, just don't stop moving. So I was, all right, I'm running with it. Um, so I took off from Mission Beach and I started ma making my way down uh, SeaWorld, down into Friars Road. Um, from Friars Road, from Mission Beach to Friars Road, I want to say it was about 15 miles. And that was a long 15 miles. Um, you know, you get a lot of time to think and a lot of time to, to go through those like, you know, this is a long run. Why are you here? Why are you doing this? You start hitting your low points. But as you start chopping away the miles, you start feeling better as you're like, okay, I'm. I just made it to like Qualcomm, from Qualcomm, all right, now I'm at Zion, or passing Zion where the hospital's at, now I'm getting closer. Um, and one of my struggles through the race definitely was my pair of shoes. Like, for whatever reason, that morning, I thought it'd be smart to bring these pair of shoes that were like kind of shot. So at the beginning, like 10 miles into this race, my feet were killing me. Um, I, I messaged my wife like, man, did I make a bad judgment call with these shoes? 
and she was wanting to drive down because she was in Temecula. We couldn't get a, um, anyone to watch the kids for her to like chase me through these streets. So she had mentioned, you know, I'll drive down. And so I told her, I said, hey, when I get into Mission Trails, mile 50, you can come down and bring me my, my trail shoes and uh, I'll swap them out then. So like mile 40 hits and nope, I'm texting her, I'm calling her. I'm like, yo, I need you to drive down here. My feet are shot. They're freaking blistering up. Uh, definitely not going to be able to make it on these shoes too much longer. So like by the time I hit Zion, um, where that hospital area is at around there, like she's sitting there in the car. She drove an hour down. Um, I swapped out my shoes. It was like a nine day difference. My, my feet felt so much better. Um, I got a little bit of food. You know, she kind of rubbed my legs for a little bit. Um, and I put the shoes on and just kept pushing. Um, right before I, I hit Mission Trails, there was this, it's a pretty good size hill. Enrique was telling me, he goes, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a real small, maybe it's a quarter mile hill. Don't worry about it. It's like the last big climb you got before you hit the trails. Yeah, that was, that was some BS. That was not no quarter mile hill. That thing was huge, man. <laughs> but, but it was good he told me that because had I been anticipating that huge hill, it, it probably would have been messing with me a little bit. So I started climbing the hill um, and I got into Mission Trails only to find Enrique sitting there at the entrance with like, you know, a big smile like, hey, let's go. Um, he had just came off doing his 100 miler, I want to say the week before, or the week before that. So he knew that place, obviously, like the back of his hand. Um, and he had a course already for me inside once I got there. Um, once I got to the trails, he ran me to the other side for, you know, another few miles. Uh, my wife, um, my sister came back out again uh, for the first time in, I want to say, since I had been ultra running. I had always ran with a pack. I have never been without my pack on, and I always run pretty heavy. And uh, at that time, I got to take the pack off because I was going to be doing smaller, shorter loops. And Enrique's like, you know what? Give me your pack. I'll run with it. You run light as can be. And like that was a, a lifesaver to begin with because, like again, I had never ran without one. So we started doing small loops and, and you could tell he knew the course because he was like, all right, how much miles you want to get in here? Because these rocks is 0.2 from here to the parking lot's 0.4. This loop is 0.6. Like he had it broken down where I was like, I'm going to exactly get 62 miles. This is going to be great. Um, you know, the last 10 miles was definitely rough. I was able to run the last 10 miles for the most part without stopping, you know, just once I hit the aid station to refuel and whatnot. But uh, it was definitely an awesome adventure. Um, you know, running through the night is one of my favorite things to do. I do like running when it's dark, and so we got to do quite a bit of that. Um, and, you know, I had my kids there at the end, so right as I came in on, like, mile 61 and a half, Enrique ran up and got my kids and ran them back to me with my wife. And they ran the last, you know, half mile with me into the finish line. Um, man, and crossing that finish line was, was great. It was amazing because it took... It, it took a lot of highs, it took a lot of lows to, uh, to be able to finish it, but um, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. It was an amazing adventure. Dang. <clears throat> yeah, man, that's, that is one hell of a story to go 100K, starting early morning, 5 a.m. up in Oceanside, running down the coastline, and then going inland towards Mission Trails, and then doing some loops around the lower part of Mission Trails. That's, that's a hell of a way to begin a, a, a week, a weekend. So how did you get your start into endurance sports? Because nobody in their right mind is gonna, hey, you know what, I got this great idea. I'm gonna go out, do 100K, and I'm gonna start from Oceanside, run all the way down to Mission Trails. What was, what was your starting point? You know, back in uh, 
2017, um, I have no background in running. You know, I played some sports in, in like middle school, but definitely didn't play any sports in high school at all. Um, my brother, Hector, was always pretty heavy into his, you know, Ironman triathlons and, and doing marathons and whatnot. And finally in 2017, I got the opportunity to, uh, he was running one out in Tempe, Arizona, a half Ironman. And he was like, why don't you come out and watch him and my uncle as they were getting ready to run it. And so I grabbed my family. I was like, you know, let's go. So I drove out there just to support him and watch him. And, uh, you know, the night, I forget how it goes, but either the night before or the night after, you know, we were having some drinks or maybe I was having some drinks. But either which way, you know, I start telling him like, you know, I could complete one of these. You know, I'm just talking out of my ass. I definitely couldn't complete one of those at the time. I never even ran in years. And, um, you know, I forget, but we start getting competitive and he's like, you know, I give you a year to run one of these. I bet you couldn't do it. And then all of a sudden the money starts coming out with, you know, now, now there's a big bet on the table. We got a thousand dollar bet that in a year you can't complete one of these. And it goes from completing to now you can't beat me. Um, Either which way, the bet was set. Uh, just like any good night of drinking, I woke up the next day with instant regret. Was like, man, I got a thousand dollar bet with being able to do one of these Ironmans, and I can't even run. Um, so nonetheless, uh, the stage was set. You know, I, I had everything going against me, especially never running these things. So when I got back from Tempe, um, you know, it was it was two a days. You know, I, I definitely had no endurance at all no running skill at all going 0.2 of a mile and being gassed out but I was going to be relentless with the training like I was at the time um, you know in the morning in the night and I did that every day for a month until like I started getting a little confident my mileage started building quicker than what I thought it would have built but uh, you know after two months um, me and him would always send videos back and forth to to each other you know talking smack and and uh, keeping each other, you know, motivated. And, you know, he's like, I just did 20 miles on a treadmill. I know you're at the house not doing anything today, you know. And so he, he definitely kept me fueled. And, uh, you know, I thank him for, for getting me into this stuff because uh, uh, after that, it, it was like a hook. You know, three, three, four months later, you know, I couldn't wait that one year. Uh, we started getting into triathlon much sooner than the year. You know, we did the, the Super Seal Triathlon in Coronado. We did the Oceanside Triathlon, um, that 70.3. And, and from there, um, I just felt like that runner's high, that triathlon, like I'm going, I'm doing amazing. I'm, I'm taking some wins out of this. Um, but I, I never really truly felt like, like I had touched the ceiling yet or, or like I had maxed out what I felt I was capable of. And so all the time when I was training, I had been watching these motivational videos on the treadmill. And keep in mind, most of my training was like treadmill and street base, never trails, zero trails. And I started coming across, you know, just motivational workout videos that I'd put on like an iPad on the treadmill. And um, I would just watch them. And I came across Goggins at the time and a guy named Tim Olson. Uh, Dean Carnassus and I started watching some of their videos and I'm like what is an ultra I want some of that that looks like that's horrible I got to try it so I started researching how to even find an ultra and um, I found a race this is June you know I started even 
thinking of what an ultra is and maybe possibly race and run and I find an ultra in July that's five weeks from the time I ever even came across them so it was the Black Peaks 50k um, and I think I had a rough horrible rough start uh, I was naive in thinking that I can never run a trail but show up to one of these events you know like the week before this event even started um, or maybe two weeks before I had to keep in mind only treadmill running or street running I had a guy at work who was uh, you know he had always done Spartans and whatnot and he was familiar with mission trails and he was like you know you should run the trails at least one time before you try one of these events and I'm like yeah I guess you're right uh, so he invites me to go run what I was told the other day I guess they're called the roller coaster or you know it's like rolling hills right off the freeway never been to a trail before so I show up I, I didn't have a pair of trail shoes. I had some old worn out street shoes and I get there and I meet my buddy from work. And uh, you know, he's Spartan, so his, his training is a little bit different than what a trail runner would be. So we're at the bottom of these giant hills and I'm looking up like, yeah, this is definitely out of my league, but let's give it a go. He goes, the only way we can give this a go is if you grab a big ass boulder at the bottom of these hills and you got to carry it all the way to the top. I was like, what the hell? Like this is trail running you know this <laughs> this is horrible and so I, I even tried to get away with it I tried to grab a little rock too and he was like no you can't grab a little rock so I was like shit so I went and got you know the biggest rock I could find and I, he made me lug that rock all the way up and at the top I threw it away um, but then once I hit the top you know it was a it was a good feeling you know we started running once we hit up there we, we ran down and and you know I was super sore afterwards but it kind of gave me my first tasted trail far from what I guess trail run would be running with huge rocks up hills but uh, that was my first trail event um, so the following week I got into to the Julian's um, Black Peak 50k uh, I had never met anybody who trail ran at the time so I didn't have anybody to ask any questions on it I just kind of winged what I seen off of YouTube I went and bought like a $20 pack from like Dick Sporting Goods I didn't bring any food I just filled up the pack full of water and I got to the race I had just bought some trail shoes the day before never ran in them I think I had ordered them like off Amazon so I didn't get to try them on before I bought them but I know the day before the race I tried them on and was like these are too small but this is all I got I'm just gonna go for it and uh, shortly after that uh, I get to the start line and I, I'm already thinking like yeah these shoes are gonna kill me uh, my wife came out to visit my brother came out to visit shortly after you know we launched and you know not game planning what I was gonna do during that race I took off as fast as I could like not pacing at all and I want to say like I was in you know a, at least the front of the pack somewhere with you know the top 10 guys top 15 guys and yeah I missed like the first like maybe like the fourth turn missed the ribbon and went with like another two guys ventured off like a, a mile and a half off course and then we made a right and couldn't figure out how to get back and before you know it we're just climbing straight up a mountain we missed all the switchbacks um and so climbing straight up missing all the switchbacks it just kind of like like it was horrible horrible start to a trail race your very first trail race um I got some of the first aid station and I noticed like my back was real wet and I was like man I don't think I sweat this much but like my back was super soaked and uh, from there you know I, I refilled everything I got some water I realized how far I went off course I got like an extra two three miles in uh, seven miles turned into a long ten and then I refilled and I hit the second aid station only to find out that 
my pack actually leaked everything out. Uh, it wasn't holding water. And like the aid station captain realized that my pack was leaking out water and wasn't holding it. And for like safety reasons, he was he was telling me, yo, you, you can't continue. You got, it's the middle of summer. You gotta be able to hold, you know, X amount of fluids. I forgot what it was. You know, every time we pour water in, it's just coming out the little nozzle or whatever that is on the bottom. Um, you, you can't continue. And so like, I start looking for anything. They're like, we don't have any plastic water bottles. But luckily one of the guys at the aid station had like a pack of red solo cups. And I was like, man, fill me up two of those with water and get me back on this trail. And the aid station captain was like, well, the rules say all you gotta do is carry X amount of water. So I was like, all right, cool. So I filled up two solo red cups and, and I took back off. And every aid station I hit, I had my two solo cups and I just kept refilling them. Um, I was struggling. I was definitely struggling in that race. Um, I think like mile 20, I started going through it where I was like, fuck, this is horrible. You know, you start having those thoughts like, why am I even here? You know, I've had, I've been completing all these races. What am I doing here? This trail race is out of my league. And, uh, you know, so I text my wife like, dude, I'm really struggling. I'm having a hard time. The water, as soon as I get it, I'm drinking it and I really can't carry much. My shoes are shot. And so I think it almost incited like a panic in her, like, cause I don't think she's ever seen me. Um, have low points or, or struggle in endurance events and, and now I know like you're struggling in every endurance event but that was her first taste of me struggling and and like having a horrible time in those mountains um, to where my brother had shown up somewhere in the race and he was texting me how you doing and I was even telling him like man this is this is way rougher than what I thought it was gonna be um, so any which way, you know, my wife starts telling my brother, hey, watch these kids, watch, watch our kids. Um, I'm going in the mountains and I'm going to go and save them. <laughs> like, you know, she's in jeans, she's dressed up. She's definitely never been in mountains before, but she's telling my brother, you know, watch our kids. I'm hiking up these mountains. I'm going to get them and I'm going to bring him out of these mountains and save them. So, you know, I love her for that. You know, I'm super happy she didn't go because who knows she would have been lost like I was at the first couple turns. But my brother decided he was gonna um, hike up and, and give me a pair of shoes, swap out shoes and, uh, um, you know, some fluids. And so that was kind of my opening. I ended up being able to run out of the race and finish everything on time. But that was like my start into ultra. It was a, it was a humbling, very humbling experience on thinking I was like on the fast track. If I could do this, I can do that to first trail race. I, I hit brakes right after that race of, you know, you really got to learn because these, these mountains will they don't care. They don't care anything about you. They'll they'll kick your your butt every bit of the way if you're not ready for them. Um, so that was my opening event, and then right after that, I, I went into uh, the Kodiak 50 miler, and that was humbling as well. That one I took my first DNF, my first not finish of a race, at like mile 38, um, and that was right after that I. I kind of slowed down a little bit. I went back to the drawing board and, and started trying to figure out what was going to work for me and what wasn't and, and maybe spending more than five, six weeks, or I would say not even weeks, maybe five or six times trail running before trying all these events. Maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should build up a little bit more before I keep going at it. Um, you know, there, it was just a humbling experience. It was a, a definite learning experience for me um, but that was kind of my opening into ultra was those few races um, you know and I've, I've had you know I want to say three maybe three or four since dang 
talk about uh, a welcome committee to the ultra events, man. Yeah. Earlier you mentioned the highs and lows. You've mentioned in terms like when you first started, you were running 0.2 of a mile just to get started into running. Obviously, you had some lows in that training regard. You had some lows in in your in your ultra races, especially in that DNF. How do you navigate the highs and lows of training and races? You know, I, I when I, when I'm in my low points, I just try to think about why I'm there to begin with. You know, what was my goal when I started, and what's stopping me from getting there? Um, you know, is it is it my feet are hurting? I, I realize that your body's always going to tell you something you know Goggins I watched his videos like he was saying you know all of a sudden his hip was hurting you know and then he ran past that and worked through it and then now his knees hurting his body was always trying to tell him something was wrong but ultimately it was just his mind playing tricks on him the whole time and so I kind of went with that that mindset like you know what your your foot's hurt you know you're not going to be able to continue and I'm like all right you're going to push let's go one extra mile and then at the end of that mile Maybe my foot's not hurting anymore. Maybe now it's my back. Maybe it's my hip. But I kept remembering after each mile, you know, it didn't hurt as much as it was. You know, your body is going to find, once it realizes it's not, you're not going to quit, it's going to find what it needs to to push you to the end. It's going to be like, all right, this guy's not quitting. Let's just get him to the end. And that's kind of I felt what I start thinking about, you know, when my feet were killing me. I'm like, all right, these things will go numb before I'm going to stop. So, you know. As far as I'm concerned, the body's got to figure it out, <laughs> but my mind is going to get me to where I got to be. So I think, you know, just setting that up and, and really remembering that, you know, the body is amazing on what it can do and can complete. But uh, and then even the highs, really enjoying them, um, crossing the finish line, remembering, you know, I, I've done this and I've done that, you know, before I ever ran um, 26 miles you know, I ran 31 miles. I, I skipped the marathon distance. I, I went from a half marathon to the ultra marathon distance. And so when you start thinking about these little things, you think about everything you've done up until that point. And, and, um, and why can't I complete this? What's so hard about this that that's stopping me, really? And, and if it's this pain, the pain's going to subside. It's going to go away. And if not, then if I got to sit down for 60 seconds and regroup real quick before getting back out there, that's what I do. But at the end of the day, you know, chipping wood and not stopping is really, is really all I start. Um, sorry, really all I got to do to get to the end. Um, you know, it's it's not easy. It's not something that you're always successful in. I, I would say, but um, with the mindset, if you got the goal, don't don't let your mind break you from it. And that's kind of what I remember at the end of the day. With so many people hitting that mental barrier of like, hey, my foot's bugging me, or you know, whatever excuse that shows up for their life. Why do you think people take the easy, easy way out and not try to work through it? I, I think sometimes, you know, even even coming into it, my very first race, you know, had probably my brother not ran up into those mountains, um, I probably would have not have completed that race. You know, you're just looking, you're not used to feeling that type of pain, you know, that, that in, I want to say ultra has a lot to do with, being able to endure, endure pain, like know that you're gonna go through your legs feeling like they're gonna fall off. You know, Mike Tyson just said the other day, you're gonna keep going until you're running on your ankles, till your feet are gone, you know? And and mentally, if, if you're not ready for it, it's real easy to quit. It's super easy to quit. Like I wasn't ready for it in my first race. Um, 
now when I did my 100k and my feet were killing me I was remembering that line you know like my feet are killing me but I'm gonna run to my ankles then you know you my mindset was completely different than my very first race and it's it's building the calluses building the the uh the mental the i would say like the mental capacity to be able to take that that beat down of what an ultra can give you um so i say that if you're coming into your first couple races it's easy you know uh, ultra is one of those races that you could be just starting or you could been in it 20 years and you guys could be in the exact same race and be going to the exact same problems mile 10 mile 20 you know it, it, they're unforgiving um but i want to say it's just about being able to endure that pain of being able to endure that uncomfortableness you mentioned in your 100k you had enrique coming out you had your sister coming out with your first ultra event your brother hector hiked into the mountains to come find you do a shoe switch out obviously the stuff you've been able to do you haven't been able to do alone without support you've had amazing support what, talk about the how important having that support in your corner is for doing ultras and any other endurance events. It's it's like the key component to success is having that right team, that your family in your corner. Um, there's no way that I complete these events, you know, without the support that I have from my family. Um, you know, that day he hiked into the mountains was freaking amazing. Like there was no, I, I was done. But then when he came up, it's like, it's like your second win is what they call it, right? You know, he, he came up and gave me that. My, my wife, uh, my kids are are huge in this. You know, when they know I'm at like a low point in my running, you know, them FaceTiming me or them sending me like those motivational, like you got it. I know you can complete this in my hundred K just recently, you know, I was like, damn, I'm tired. I know I talked to my daughter and she, I was like, I'm tired. And she sent me a text message back with like, you know, I know you can complete this, daddy, you got it. And seeing those things, it just, it fuels you. You're like, you're all right, I can't take no DNF in this one now. She's sending me messages like this, let's go. Um, to my sister, uh, never even ran 40 miles before. Her longest race, I want to say was 50K to she was she wasn't going to leave my side until she knew i i was going to cross that finish line with a w you know she she was clutch that day um with a 36 hour head start on even knowing i was even going to be in a race that weekend you know so so having that family having that right team is 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 something that drives you know me and and the success that i've had recently in these races uh i definitely couldn't be doing it without them with family, obviously you're a family man, you're a husband, you're a father. How do you balance all the ultra training, the time on feet, the miles, traveling for races, traveling to different runs, and fulfilling your role as a husband, fulfilling your role as a father? How do you balance the two? Uh, you know what, I incorporate um, a lot of a lot of what I do. I try to bring, you know, with, these ra with the ultra running, uh, say my daughter, um, my daughter as much as I can you know I'll take her out on long runs with me um, my family whenever we'd go on trips or sorry whenever we'd go on races you know we try to make it a family trip we did a, a, a race out in Cozumel Mexico we took them there you know we race one day but we vacation for four or five days you know at the same time from Cancun and you know I did the Big Bear Ultra and I raced that one day but then we were there a few days um, so we try to we try to make it fun for all you know sometimes you know, I may be out on a long run or whatnot, but when I'm home, uh, you know, I'm definitely giving them 100% of, of me. 
um, and at the same time letting them know that you know that they're very supportive uh, of knowing that this is what this is what I love doing um, we are a, like all together a, a kind of a crazy family uh, when it comes to this stuff and so I, I think that they've they're real used to it and they're very supportive they know that at the end of the day um, it's kind of what makes me happy and, I, and I'm doing everything I can to make them happy on the same token and and to see my daughter now you know at 12 years old she's got a half marathon race next month uh, and my wife is is getting on some running too she's got a marathon we got a bet going uh, my wife's got a marathon race next month too so it's it's kind of it's cool when we all get to do it together you know we're all getting to run together and, and work out and um, it's kind of keeping a it's keeping a nice motivation for us all there with this being a family event has there been any lessons you've taken from the ultra community and brought it into your role as a father and as a husband or vice versa things you've learned with your family and brought into the ultra scene you know I, I try to instill as much as I can you know from from ultra running into my daughter you know um, you know if I ask her you know does she want to do this or does she want to do that and you know listening to the Goggins is if she picks the easier route then you know I'm kind of giving her that you know why do you want to pick the easier route you know wouldn't you feel better at the end of this if you chose the harder route or if you chose this it's 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 definitely made me a better person it's definitely made me a better father uh, a better husband because it's given me the ability to um, to work through different things that I may not have been able to it's it's running is therapeutic for me to begin with you know my wife will tell me the same thing like you need to go outside for a run you know you need to go do this um, you know and incorporating a lot of what you learn out there and, and bringing it home you know being able to endure being able to choose the hard route not always choosing what's easy and what's gonna make you comfortable at the house but maybe choosing what isn't gonna feel so right but at the end is gonna be a little bit better for everyone is what I'm trying to instill in my daughter my son is He's five, he's a little bit too young to get it, but, but my daughter's definitely, uh, I'm just trying to get that mindset in her. And you know, it's working to an extent. You know, last night she, she ran eight miles for the first time and um, you know, just never quitting, just keep pushing forward. And, and so far, I, I think it's, it's been going pretty well for us. You've got your blood family. Talk about your ultra family <clears throat> that you mentioned earlier. Um, on other discussions we've had where people were reaching out to you during your 100k like hey man you know do you need help do you need pacing do you need you know where are you i can set up a mini aid station for you talk about the fa the family within the trail community and the ultra community that you've you've, you've noticed over the years man they're, they're awesome so when i could say when i first started trail running back in 2017 or 2018 like i i knew of zero trail community i did i had zero social media up until a few months back actually and um so it was just what I could do with my brother or, you know, what we could figure out together. And then as time progressed, uh, we started getting into it. I, I started realizing I started social media during the hundred K I kind of posted like, Hey, this is what I got going on. I had people I had never met people. I had talked to a little bit, people I had knew quite a bit who would reach out, who are like, Hey, where are you at? I'd love to set up an aid station for you. Or, you know, they thought the race was a week from then you know, because I had definitely planned it that great white with only 36 hours, but they were like, Hey, when's this race? I'd love to get some miles in with you. Um, and I was getting that, you know, maybe the whole time throughout the run, you know, uh, another person reached out with like 
the most motivating words, you know, when especially when you're at a low point and you've never met a person, but they're sending you some stuff with, you know, just keep pushing, the pain will eventually go away, you know, like real nice messages that you've never, you never would expect to get other than maybe like the ultra running community, the running community that we have. Um, and it's been great. I have a, a hundred mile attempt that I'm getting ready to try next month. And when I first posted that, you know, uh, Marcos from the San Diego Trail Runners, I had, I had talked with him maybe once or twice, you know, very small, like good job, just kind of giving him kudos because he's, you know, he's working out there, uh, getting some good runs in. And he was like, hey, when are you going to run this? And I'm like, I'm probably going to run it in November. He's like, I'd like to come out and pace you. I said, man, the more pacers, the better. Come on out. And he's like, let me know how many you come. San Diego Trail Runners has your back. We'll be out there running with you. And I was like, man, that's awesome. I'm definitely not used to it. Um, so it was it's awesome just to think that people want to be a part of that people want to be a part of that journey it's a it's a definite uh uplifting experience you know to see that um the community even without knowing you want to come out and help you and that's what's the it's a great i just want to say it's great you know what i've noticed especially being a part of the community myself is people respect the struggle. They respect the struggle of being out for, you know, 50K, 100K, 100 miles, whatever the distance is. There's something about the respecting and putting yourself out there, knowing you're gonna go through pain. Your feet are gonna hurt, your knees are gonna ache, you're gonna get tired, you're gonna go through the highs and lows of the emotions. With, with the ultra community, you've also mentioned in the past, Yes, there's competitive side, but it's not like a if if I win then you lose or if 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 I lose then you must win. Talk talk to me a little bit about that mindset. I think when it comes to this, you know, like I said, if if you could be on in an ultra with at the starting line with a person who's a professional doing this for a living to a guy like myself who's just doing it just for the journey and just you know for myself, you know, just for the, my own aspect of racing. And um, when it comes to uh, to that, I think that you you come into it with a mentality of, of knowing it doesn't matter. We're both gonna endure this whole time. We're both gonna suffer. We're both gonna go through these horribleness. You know, you got people who have raced the Western States and at mile 16 kind of just gave it a, um, uh, a bonking as I guess I would call it so you get to the point where this person has probably invested more time than you could imagine in getting to this race getting to this 100k getting to this 100 mile or hundreds of probably hours and miles ran um, when you invest that type of time and in your lifestyle into this you never want to see anybody fail like at the at the beginning of that race if everyone crosses the finish line that's the ultimate goal for everybody it's not like a basketball game where you're trying to go in and just beat the other person like if everybody can cross that finish line it's a solid day and uh, i think that's that's primarily you know everybody's going to go through the same struggles it don't matter like i said if you're a professional you're you're going to have the same low as me you're going to have that same high as me um, we're both going to understand throughout these hundred miles you know there's going to be points where you want to quit and and being able to endure that that pain and and that self-suffering throughout that race, um, it brings I want to say like a, a brotherhood amongst the racers, um, like a, their own, like a, yeah, like their own brotherhood that you always want to see somebody succeed and be successful, and I think that's kind of where that stems from.
and even uh, know if your brother's big on this and Rick is big on it, the idea of the wolf pack, is that kind of the same idea? Yeah, you definitely want to see, you're definitely always trying to amp the other person up. You definitely want to see the next person succeed. Um, and knowing at the same time, like if you, if you fail, it, you know, like my brother says, it's, it's okay to fail as long as you can get back out there and do it again. Um, you know, but always making sure that, that you keep pushing towards the goal that you originally set. You know, if, if you fall off the horse that one time, get back on it and give it another go. Um, I think, I think just with them alone, you know, they, they keep me moving, keep me going, you know, watching the community, uh, posting their runs, posting the things that they're doing, you know, it's kind of hard not to get out of there. You're like, man, I'm sore, man. Like yourself, how many days have you ran a mile every single day for, I forget how many years you've said you've done it. How could you not at least want to get out and go for a run knowing that you have somebody who's ran a mile every single day for three or four years or knowing uh, this person's running and doing this. So it, having that pack, having the, that group of people who push you to be better um, is, is ultimately what you need around you in order for you to be successful yourself. And what I'm hearing too is the Wolfpack. It, yeah, it's, it's a, an exclusive club, but it's it's very inclusive if you're willing to do the work. That's the message I'm hearing as you're talking. Yeah, as long as you're willing to put in the work uh, and you're willing to put in the miles, you know, it's it's like a, a family. You know, it's a it's a brotherhood of family that people just get together and want each other to be successful. Whether it's running 5K, a 10K, a 50K, at the end of the day, you're working, you're moving. That, that's all anybody wants to see you know it's it's you set your own goal and you go after it and everybody's there to motivate each other to get through to the end compared to other communities you've been a part of why do you think the ultra community is so different from other aspects of of, of society i for me personally you know it's hard to definitively say but i would say like uh the the ability to go into one of these races knowing that you're gonna you know during this race you're you're gonna suffer you know you're gonna be in pain um, you don't know if you're gonna complete this um, at the same time going into it with the mindset that um, you don't want nobody to to drop out and not finish either you know and, and keeping it keeping that mindset and knowing that you're going to keep pushing towards the end is, is kind of the ultimate goal compared to society where people they want to take the easy route like yeah. you said earlier when talking with your daughter maybe that is the differences in society and so many people want the easy route they want to say oh if i listen to this podcast or i know i do this exercise once every two weeks then they'll set me up for life versus people in the ultra community like no i want that pain i want that discomfort i want, I want the tough road it is addictive like it is like the best addiction you could have is like that self-suffer wanting to feel that pain you know I got this thing for for years we'd always have this thing me and my brother where um he he would tell me uh man that sucks like all of a sudden before you know it I'm like man now I gotta do it you know and and the same same way vice versa you know we're coming down off the mountain I'm like man that was horrible so yep now we got to go back up just because we would say something dumb like that and it is addictive to have that that want to suffer but on the other side of that suffer is like the best feeling ever because not only did you suffer not only did you break yourself down but you made it not only did you make it but you did something that you thought was unachievable you never could have completed 
and so it's addictive you know like you can run a 50 miler but right after i finished that 50 miler like my brain said instead of like man you completed a 50 miler great to like three weeks later i'm like Shh, i'm not even happy with the 50 miler anymore now i need 100k to i finished 100k to like Shh, instead of sitting on it and just enjoying the victory for right then and there now i'm like shit now i need the 100 miler uh, it's a never-ending cycle of wanting to feel that suffering, wanting to cross that finish line, and wanting to just become a better person at the end of the day. Wow. Yeah, I wanted to set that in because, like you said, is it's not just becoming a better runner, but also becoming a better person. With, with the idea of becoming a better person, what changes have you noticed in your life since since you've jumped into ultras and even with the triathlons what's what's one of the biggest changes you've noticed in your life personally man just being uh just being more active you know just totally being more active with myself um you know before ultra running you know very many years ago i was i was in the motorcycle club motorcycle community um you know i spent quite a bit of time in bars quite a bit of time you know doing the partying um as fun as that was instead of taking trips out to you know bars and clubs now my Fridays is I'm calling it in early so that way I can wake up and go and run early or you know we just had a, um, a ultra run in Flagstaff Arizona where before you'd go out and you'd go out with a group of guys and you're thinking like where are we gonna go party at and instead you know we're all meeting up in a different state so we can go run a race being that different version of myself from what I was very many years ago uh, I could just tell that, you know, I'm a night and day person from where I was five, six years ago, you know, this wanting to party to like wanting to suffer on a mountain um, is, has been amazing. Um, as a father, it's, it's been a, a great journey because, you know, as I sit now, I'm, I'm trying to teach my kids it's okay to, it's okay to set goals high and reach for them and keep working and keep pushing every day, um, you know, trying to get my daughter into a mindset where um, just taking just taking every day and, and never quitting setting a goal and working towards it if you, if you don't make that goal just keep going eventually you're going to get to it if you if you're willing to put in the hard work you're willing to put in the time the effort you know you may not get it the first time you may not get it the second time i had a few dnfs before i got a first 50 miler finished um, but i but i eventually finished because i was relentless with with wanting it, never losing sight of what I had. And so ultra running and, and doing these style of races and being around these style of people, you know, ultimately it, it drives you to to be a better person. So I could say 110%, even my, I know my family vouched for me on this one, I am a complete different person than what I was before I started running ultras. Before, before you started in this thing, you said, you know, 90 day difference. What would you say, you know, you knew where you were, you know where you are now. What would you say to someone who, who's in your shoes where you were a couple years ago? What would you say to that person who's like, hey, I want to make a change. I want to, you know, get into running. Or I want to get into triathlons. Or I want to do something physically that improves my body. What would you tell that person who's just beginning their journey? Man, just kind of did. I, I would say like kind of following what I did. Like I set the small goals like, uh, you know, I'm going to run a, a smaller race and that smaller race, what do I got to do to get through it? Setting the small milestones uh, for myself was what kind of helped. But then, 
working at it every day. I would say the biggest key component in this community is consistency. There is no way that you're gonna um, you're gonna want to come into this and think like, hey, I can run a mile today, a mile next week, and a mile this week, and then run a 50k or 50 miler. You know, uh, it was hard to set up consistency. You know, even for myself, because it's it's easy to want to take a day off. It's easy to to break from routine. Um, but it's finding what drives you, finding what motivates you. You know, it's it's finding a a crazy brother who's sending you videos of him talking smack about how he's gonna you know kick your ass in a race a year from now you know it's having it's having support um and really knowing and having a love for the sport that you really want to be in um but yeah I, a consistency is is my number one thing to anybody you know somebody how many times i don't know how many times i hear like how do you do what you do i can't even run two miles and it's yes you can you just got to be consistent you got to want to go out there and do it you got to you got to make sure you have the time. Like I, I work 12 hours a day. I drive this, but you know what? I work 12 hours a day. I live an hour from work and I still got to find the time to do it because at the end of the day, this is what I want for myself. This is, this is the goals that I've set. And in order for me to not quit goals and not take more DNFs, I got to find the way to get through it. And it's through consistency, hard work and don't ever be discouraged because believe me, I, I took my DNFs um, I took a few of them. Uh, one of the worst feelings was being in Big Bear and having to walk a freaking half mile to the aid station to tell them I DNF'd. But ultimately, when I, when I did that walk of shame back to the aid station to quit, it was like a burn videotape memory in my head because I remembered that every day. I still remember it. I still, like I tell my brother, I got unfinished work on that mountain. Like, I got to go back. It was canceled this year. I'm going to go back for it next year. Um, but it's it's kept a flame inside of me where I'm, I'm going back to finish it. So don't take your failure and, and be done with it. Take that failure and, and run with it, you know, and make sure that if it, if it didn't break you, you know what I mean? You, you didn't do it right as far as I'm concerned. Like, these races are breaking me, but at the end of the day, as long as you're pushing that, that success as you pass the finish line will be the best thing for you. Almost what I'm hearing is from the broken pieces, you're able to build into something stronger. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've learned and built so much calluses off these races uh, out of my mind. Like, like I've been here before. You're in horrible pain. I've been here before. I know what this is now. Um, instead of coming into it with like, man, my legs are hurting, you know, do I need to go to the hospital right now? Why is my heart rate at 180 for freaking three hours now? You know, like, no, now I know. I've been at this point before. My body can take it. My body can handle it. I've built my own calluses. I know what, what I got to do to get to the end now. Um, you know, I have my days where, you know, it's a little rougher, but um, knowing what you've done and what you've completed, it's, it's kind of hard to say that, you know that I can't do it or, you know, I, I'm definitely going to give the best effort I can on completing these races. I may not always be successful, you know, some of these races will get the best the best of me, you know, like they do anybody, but I'll definitely give 110% uh, effort in everything I got into these races. Before I ask my last question, where can these guys find you on social media and is there anything you'd like to promote? Uh, as far as social media, I just have Instagram, uh, and that's uh, jrod, J-R-O-D, two underscores, uh, 951. Um, you know, I post a lot of the, the running I'm doing on there, and, you know, especially over the next six, seven weeks, um, 
you know, I got my 100 miler set for, I want to say it's November 20th. I think it's going to be around Lake Hodges. Uh, you'll kind of get to see a lot of the training, um, you know, and, and the journey that we got going on. Awesome. Guys, Johnny Rodriguez, the guy is about consistency and resilient as hell. If you want to see what he's doing in his upcoming weeks before his 100 miler, obviously I know you're going to be pacing Hector when he goes out to Moab for the Moab 240 in a couple days to anything else in between, check this guy out. And I, obviously I know you didn't say anything, but you do have a t-shirt printing business too, right? Oh yeah, my, my wife, uh, my wife's definitely been printing some shirts. Um, anything like that, she's into custom making shirts and, and she makes some, some nice looking ones. Uh, she's, I think, getting ready to do a run of some ultra running shirts that we'll, we'll be posting up. But yeah, definitely give us a follow. Um, it's JDR Custom, she has it on Instagram as well. Awesome. So yeah, so guys, if you're into the ultra stuff, you want to be pushed, you want to see somebody who's consistently putting the work in day in, day out, Johnny Rodriguez is the guy. Before I ask them my last question, or I think this is my last question now, I'm like, my brain's all over the place. <laughs> uh, big thing for me is making each day matter. How do you make each day matter to you? Oh man, that's a good question. Um... I say it's a, a factor for me, I would say it's of three things, right? Like for one, family. Family's always number one. I gotta make sure I got I got a balance. I gotta make sure they have what they need. Uh, I'm successful for them, um, that their life is exactly what it deserves to be. I'm giving them the time, the effort, you know, making sure I got a happy home. But not only driving that aspect of life, you know, as I break off from that piece, if that's taken care of, then going into you know maybe motivating somebody um getting somebody else out there you know sending some videos of someone or getting somebody to put in some miles or it doesn't even have to be miles pushing somebody towards being a better version of themselves um and then the last one is uh i would say is is working on working on myself you know uh, if if i can't put the time in to make sure that 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 i'm all right how could i really do the first two um i had a boss when I first got promoted into management, uh, he was relentless with this too. He, he would tell me when I first got started, he was like mentoring me. He said, hey, 15 minutes every day. I want you to work on yourself for 15 minutes every day on getting yourself better. Um, whether that's, you know, motivational workout, whether that's reading a book, whether that's going to school or something, he goes, I want you to do 15 minutes. And I always pushed back on this 15 minute thing because I told him like at the time I was training triathlons and I thought like I was fine. And I was like, nah, man, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, and then one day I was like, you know what, he, he's not going to stop. He's, he was relentless. And so I, I did it. And I came across Eric, Eric the Preacher or Eric Thomas, you know, and I started watching his videos. Um, and I started building off those videos. And like after a week of doing this 15-minute thing straight, like I started taking it with me, like everywhere I went. You know, somebody would say something where I had the opportunity to like, you know, throw an Eric Thomas quote in there or a David Goggins quote in there, I would, you know, and, I, and I've definitely built off that. It's that 15 minutes has definitely turned into several hours a day now, you know, and, and I think, you know, a factor of making sure every day counts is a mixture of those three things, you know, family, you know, motivating, pushing people, you know, making sure you're, you're being the best human that you can possible and then, you know, taking the time to really work on yourself. Man, love that answer. So guys, check them out on social media, check out the custom shirt company, but like I say, with everything, hopefully you've been able to take this message, run with it, and make today matter. Hey 
guys. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Struggle and Victory. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest on this show, send me an email at mark at markthecoach.net. And I look forward to hearing all sorts of stories and getting you on the schedule.